It's a pleasure and a privilege to stand before you this afternoon. When I was seated there, I only realized I come out up this platform when I'm taking a group photo. But today I thank God because I stand here to spread his word. I've always wanted over the years to stand here and preach for 30 years, I think, or more. Thank you, elders, for allowing me, and God himself allowing me to stand here. So praises go to God. We are going to look at Daniel chapter 6. And I'll read Daniel chapter 6, the whole chapter, but I just, my message will just be on a, on a, on a, on a few verses. And before I continue, in our French, where I come from, where there is H, we remove it. So we have got no difference between I, I, and I. So you will know what, what I am using. So chapter 6. Daniel chapter 6. It pleased Darius to set over the kingdom 120 straps to be throughout the whole kingdom. And over them, three high officials of whom Daniel was one, to whom these satraps should, be, should give account, so that the king might suffer no loss. Then this Daniel became distinguished above all the other high officials and satraps because an excellent spirit was in him. And the king planned to set him over the whole kingdom. Then the high officials and the straps sought to find ground for complaint against Daniel with regard to the kingdom. Part of my message will be that part I'm reading. But they could not find no ground for complaint or any fault because he was faithful and no error of fault was found in him. Then this man said, we shall not find any ground for complaint against Daniel unless we find it in connection with the laws of God. Then these high officials and satraps came by agreement to the king and said to him, O King Darius, live forever. All the officials of the kingdom, the prefects and the satraps, the counselors and the governors are agreed that the king should establish an ordinance and enforce an injunction that whoever makes petition to any god or man for 30 days except to you O king shall be cast into the den of lions now O king establish the injunction and sign the document so that it cannot be changed according to the law of the medes and the patients which cannot be revoked Therefore, Kigdarius signed the document and injunction. When Daniel windows in his upper chamber opened towards Jerusalem, he got down on his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God, as he had done previously. Then this man came by agreement and found Daniel making petition and plea before his God. Then they came near and said before the king concerning the injunction, O king, did you not sign an injunction that anyone who makes petition to any god or man within 30 days except to you, O king, shall be cast into the den of lions? The king answered and said, The thing stands fast according to the law of the Medes and the Persians, 
which cannot be revoked. Then they answered and said before the king, Daniel, who is one of the exiles from Judah, pays, in, pays no attention to you, O king, or the injunction you have signed, but makes his petition three times a day. Then the king, when he heard these words, was much distressed and set his mind to deliver Daniel. And he labored till the sun went down to rescue him. Then this man came by agreement to the king and said to the king, No, O king, that is the law of the Medes and Persians, that no injunction or ordinance that the king establishes can be changed. Then the king commanded, and Daniel was brought and cast in the den of lions. The king declared to Daniel, Your God, whom you serve, continually deliver you. He was brought and laid on the mouth of the den. And the king sealed it with his own signet and with the signet of his lords, that nothing might be changed concerning Daniel. Then the king went to his place, palace, sorry, and spent the night fasting. No, di no diversions were brought to him, and sleep fled from him. Ne then at break of day, the king arose and went in the east of the den of lions. And he came near to the den where Daniel was. was. He cried out in a tone of anguish. The king declared to Daniel, Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God, whom you serve, continually been able to deliver you from the lions? Then, sorry. Then Daniel said to the king, O king, live forever. My God sent his angel and shut the lion's mouths, and they have not harmed me because I was found blameless. Before him, that is before God, and before you, O king, I have done no harm. Then the king was exceedingly glad and commanded that Daniel be taken up out of the den. So Daniel was taken up out of the den, and no kind of harm was found on him, because he had trusted in his God. 24. And the king commanded, and those men who had maliciously, maliciously accused Daniel were brought and cast into the dens of lions. They, their children, and their wives. And before they reached the bottom of the den, the lion overpowered them and broke all their bones in pieces. Then King Darius, Darius wrote all the peoples, nations, and languages that dwelt all, in all the earth. Peace be multiplied to you. I make a decree, a different decree from the decree I'd made, that in all royal dominion, people are to tremble and fear before the God of Daniel. For he is a living God, enduring forever. His kingdom shall never, and his dominion shall not be, shall be to the end. He delivers and rescues. He works signs and wonders in heaven and on earth. He who has saved Daniel from the power of the lions. So this Daniel prospered during the reign of Darius and the reign of Sars, the Persians. Our God and our Lord will be before you this eve afternoon. We have read your word, Daniel chapter 6. As we look at it and we look at, at the chapter looking at our God, we pray that we'll have understanding, that we'll open our hearts. Yes, we have been worshipping the whole day. Tiredness might get us, but we pray that your strength will be with us. So we thank you and we honor you this afternoon.
I will When I prayed, when I was uh, informed that I would be preaching today, I prayed that the Lord will give me a simple, straightforward passage. And I'll be a symbol and a right in the eyes of God, including, including righteousness, including our character, our nature. What's your nature? When I stand up here, it's part of my nature. When I do my shoulders here, it's because I do it, it's part of my nature. Your character, your nature. It's your conscience. Your attitude. Conscience is attitude towards anything, towards anyone. What is your conscience? What is your attitude towards fellow brethren? That is, it can, that is the, in the eyes of God, righteousness. It's your conduct, your action. How do you act? When Pastor Murung was preaching today, he mentioned something that tricked my heart. He said we should not be vessels of wrath, and he mentioned anger. Sometimes I snap and thank you, Mr. Pastor Murungi, I'm now a vessel of mercy. Command, work, our words, command our words. That is part of our character. If I come to you, what kind of words do you throw to me? How do we talk? How do we, how do we explain ourselves? It's part of your character. It's part of your spiritual character. So here we are looking at a quality of being right in the hands of God. Are we right in our hands of God, including our character, which is our nature, our conscience, which is our attitude, our conduct, which is our, with our actions, our our Sorry, our command, which is our word. Righteousness is therefore based upon God's standard because he's the ultimate lawgiver. God is the ultimate lawgiver. Isaiah 33, 22. It says God is a judge and a lawgiver. So righteousness is therefore based upon God's standard, not upon our standards. We cannot be righteous on our own. But with God, we can now copy God's righteousness. It is God's approval of being considered right in his eyes. If God looks at me, Joseph, here, standing here, how does, he, how does he see me? When God sees you, does he approve of you? Because you are a bearer. Let me remove my glasses. Because you are a bearer. You are a bearer and of his righteousness, and you are justified in his sight. So, to be righteous is to live a righteous, a, a righteous life, is to conduct one's life in an upright manner and with moral standards that reflect our relationship with the Lord and the character of God. Our relationship and our character should be should copy the character and the should reflect the, the character of God, our relationship with God. And that is what we, are, we see in the character of Daniel. A small introduction of the book of Daniel. Chapter 1, we see Jehoiakim, who was king over Judah, being overthrown by Nebuchadnezzar from Babylon. That is chapter 1. 
And we see in chapter one, we see Daniel, when the king, when the king Nebuchadnezzar became the king, he said he wanted some men to be brought to him. And they were brought four men. There was Shadrach, Daniel, Meshach, and Abednego. <clears throat> and the Bible tells us in verse eight, the, the king declared that those guys who were brought there will be taking his food and taking his wine. But verse eight tells us Daniel resolved that he would not defile himself with the king's food or with the wine that the king drank. Chapter one, we see Nebuchadnezzar coming in and ordering those guys to take his wine and his food. Daniel, the Daniel we are going to look at chapter six with his righteousness, he said, no way. In chapter two, we see Daniel being called to introduce, to, to, to interpret a dream. In chapter three, we, we, see, we see Nebuchadnezzar making a golden image and saying everybody should worship that image. Daniel does not, he refuses. Daniel, Abednego, they said, told the king, we are not going to worship no other God but our God. What makes that character? Is that righteousness of God? Then in, verse, in chapter 4, we see the second, the second dream of Nebuchadnezzar was interpreted by Daniel. The king looked all over. As people came, but only Daniel was the one who, was, who could be able to interpret uh, the, 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 yeah. sorry, the dream of Nebuchadnezzar. We see Nebuchadnezzar making the, 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 the golden image. We see Nebuchadnezzar in his pride, we look at it in one of the, 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 my points, becoming very proud. But we see Nebuchadnezzar humbled to the state of walking on four like an ox and eating grass. That is the God we serve. But also at the same time, we see Nebuchadnezzar in chapter 4 being restored from that state, from king to an ox style. And then he is restored. Then in chapter five, we see the son of, we see the end of chapter four, we see Nebuchadnezzar dying and his son Belshazzar taking over. Belshazzar also comes and he takes the vessels that were being used in the temple. And he, the Bible tells us him, his concubines, his people took what wine from those clear, clean vessels from the temple. Pride. What we see Nebuchadnezzar doing, humbled by God in chapter 5. He has got a dream. It is written on the wall. And Nebuchadnezzar, uh, sorry, it is Belshazzar. Belshazzar dies. Then now we come to chapter 6, where we are going to look at this righteousness of Daniel. All through from chapter 1, to chapter 5, we are seeing Daniel standing firm in his righteousness. Daniel standing firm. We see a man in Daniel who decided not to go against his values and belief in God. So we are going to look at five points, and they will be brief. I have reduced, I have reduced from no, I've added two from the mode of preaching of Pastor Dominic. I've added one 
I've added one point to the mode of preaching of Pastor Murungi, but I'll be very brief. So, in Daniel, we see a man who decided not to go against his values and beliefs in God. So, as our first point is, our values should not be shaky. Let's ask ourselves, how, how, how are our values? Are they shaky? Are they firm like Daniel? Daniel has refused to eat the king's food. He has refused to take his wine. And it's a decree from the king, Nebuchadnezzar. Now we are seeing Daniel working under Darius, who was a Median, with the laws of Persian and Media, ruling now Judah. But we see Daniel still standing firm in his values. Verse 4, chapter, verse 4 and 5. Let's look at chapter, verse 4 and 5. What does it tell us? Which I said will be part of my preaching. Then the high officials and the satraps sought to find, so, thank you, sought to find a ground for complaint against Daniel with regard to the kingdom. But they could not find no ground for complaint or any fault because he was faithful. They could not find any fault. These guys looked for fault. Do we track this guy? They looked, oh, these guys, the, 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 we are told the, the, they were from the Persian and the Medians. They were people of, what do we call it in, when judges come, just shout it because sometimes I stammer. They were people of Mushen, they were people of, of, what is it? Faith. Gossip. They went. But then they, they found nothing. They discussed among themselves. This guy, what can we get? They didn't get anything apart. Listen to this. The only complaint these guys could, <coughs> sorry, could find, we shall not find any complaint against this Daniel unless we find it in the, con in the connection with the laws of God. <coughs> can you imagine? The only fault. The only problem they could find with this guy was in the laws of God. How are we ourselves? Every, every part, every point will have an application. And then I'll, I'll, I'll have a total application after I finish. Let us look at ourselves. If people look at us, can they find fault? Or they will find fault in the laws of God. They look at Joseph here with his weaknesses. Because I've got no testimony apart from testimony of a Christ who died for me. <laughs> if they look at me, how will they look at me? Will they say, this guy cannot find any fault? Apart from his, him being, keeping the laws of God. That is what we should be. They could not find any fault in Daniel apart from, from the laws of God. So let us be those ones who... If people look at us, they only see the fault is us being a God's people. Being people who belong to God. Being, being people who Christians who are firm in their Christianity. And when I give examples, I'm a teacher by profession. I'm everything else by making. And God. I'll give, when I give examples, I give examples of things I've seen, things I've had and things have testified, and things have verified. I don't give examples of stories. One time, I went home to my village, 
and I found some guys doing something not proper. And I got, as I said, Pastor Murungi, thank you. I got very upset. Anger built on me, and I wanted to go and fight those guys. And my father told me, my son, go, get out. But when you come back, let me tell me, when you talk to those people, what will be written at your back of your ear? Is it Jesus or is it Joseph? Anger. So that is the, our values. People will not find fault. If you have got Jesus written on your forehead, and Jesus written on the, on the back of your head, that was Daniel. So you found no fault in Daniel. Point number two. I'll be very brief. Stand firm in your faith. Verse 10. What does verse 10 say? When Daniel knew that the document had been signed, he went to his house where he had windows at, in his upper chamber, open towards Jerusalem. As the Bible tells us he did, he got down on his knees three times a day. That was his practice. And prayed and gave thanks before his God, as he had done previously. Is that our stand? Do we stand firm even when, when how, how, how strong is our faith? When Daniel was, when he heard about this decree, what does Daniel do? Daniel goes to his window. Daniel did not allow fear of the decree to overcome him. He heard about the decree. He heard about what these guys have done. But what does Daniel do? Fear does not get him. The king has said, anybody seeing, worshipping any other god, any other thing apart from me, Daniel goes to the window. He doesn't go to his bedroom under the bed. He goes to the window facing Jerusalem where everybody will see him. We see a guy who is proud and loud about his God. That is what we see in Daniel. He refused to, fall, to follow a whole king's decree. Yet he was so bold. He went to the wind three times. So that they see him. I am praying to my God. Are we so proud and loud of our God? When we come through, we come, uh, we, uh, problems come to us. What do we do? Do we go under the table? Or do we come boldly to the Lord? and pray to him. Let us be those ones who come to God and pray to our Lord. He went three times. He was very proud and, and allowed of his God. Fear sometimes overrules our faith. Fear can overrule your faith. But my brothers and sisters, let us be those ones who as I've got so much graciousness within yourself. That's why I call it a lion-hearted graciousness. Graciousness that cannot be moved. A lion will see an elephant and it will run to the elephant to put it down. What is that? As big as an elephant is, you see an, a, a lion trying to put the, the, the elephant down. It is the kind of graciousness we should have. So strong, so firm, nothing can move it. But it will only come through prayer. Daniel went and he prayed three times. Let us be very loud and proud of our God. Proud of your God. 
when people come to you, be proud of your God. Tell them, oh, you are so blessed. No, it is God. You are doing very well. No, it is God. Let us be those ones who are proud of their God. Then point number three. We see God's, we see the point is God's laws versus world laws. Daniel rebelled, rebelled against the laws of the land. They would have caused him to sin against God's laws. How do we go when we laws of the land against God's laws? We have got something that has been going on, discussion that has been going on all over the world. And uh, sometimes I, I, I look at uh, our friend from Uganda, our, pres our president from Uganda, and he's so strong on this one. He has said no to it. It has got, it is called, I, I cannot pronounce it. It has got, its abbreviation is as bad as it is. LGB, whatever you call it. LGBTQ, it is the abbreviation is as bad as the, the thing itself. Just world laws. How do we react towards those laws as a country? Our leaders, how do they react? Are they shaky? Have they said no to what this LB, whatever name it is? We need to be those ones who can come against world laws and say no, because I belong to God. I've got a law to keep, the, 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 the law of my God. That's what we should be as Christians. We fail. All of us, as I preach, we are preaching to myself. I fail a lot. But let us be those ones who, 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 who what overrules us is the laws of God. What overrules our character and everything I've said is the rules of God. So let us be those ones. The laws of the land should never force us to disobey God's laws. We should never be forced to disobey the laws of God because of world laws. And then when Daniel did not obey, what, what did he find? We find he found favor in his God. We'll find favor in our God. If we don't, if we keep God's laws, if we come against any law of the world, because of the laws of God, we find favor in our God. Number four, trust in God. Verse 16, what have verse 16 said? Daniel, uh, the King Darius has said, whoever does not worship me for 30 days, Daniel is seen worshiping God for Three, three, three times a day for whatever period it was. And then these guys of rumor mongers, these guys of Mushene, these guys of gossip, they go and tell the king, what did you say? The king says, I issued a decree. What has happened? Daniel has been worshipping his God three times a day with your decree on. But what do we, what, what we see Daniel going? We see the king calling Daniel. In verse, um, verse 14. Then the king, when he heard these words, that is, he has been brought the, the, the gossip by these guys, was much distressed and set his mind to deliver Daniel. To deliver Daniel. The king, what does the king want to do? He wants to deliver, to deliver Daniel from these laws, but he can't. Why? 
And he labored, he labored till the sun went down and rest, to rescue him. He wants to rescue Daniel. Then this man came, to, to, came by argument to the king and said to the king, Know, O king, that it is a law of the Medes and Persians that no injunction or ordinance that the king established can be changed. The king, they come and remind the king, listen, King Darius, no law can be changed. The law of, there was a kind of an agreement that no law from the Medes and Persians, once it's, 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 it's said by the king, can be changed. Then verse 16, then the king commanded and Daniel was brought to, to, to and cast into the den of lions. Daniel comes. He knows his God. And the king also declares to him, as the king tell him, King Darius, he has said nobody should worship. May the go your God. Because Daniel has proved, Daniel has shown, I have got a God who protects me. I've got a God who can go against all odds. I've got a God who can fight my enemies. That is my God. That should be our God. A God who fights all our enemies and we can go with boldness, even without, to our enemies. When our enemies come, we go and tell them, I've got a God I serve. A God who protects me. A God who provides for me. A God who is all in all for me. Daniel, without that boldness, is not scared of going to the den of lions. Because he knew of his God. Because of his righteousness. His lion-hearted righteousness. Then, what do we see? Daniel's security was in his God. His boldness, his courage, his determination, his not having fear. Why? Because he had a security. His security was not in man. Sometimes we place our securities in man, in things that we have. Money that you have at the bank. Those are ugly things. Let us have our security in our our God who knows us. Our God, the Bible tells us, even before we got into our mother's womb, he knew us. Before the foundations of the world, he knew there will be a Mr. Nganga here sitting here. He knew there will be Pastor Murungi as our elder. He knew us. That's the God we should trust. That's the God we should trust. Daniel trusted in God's power to save him. We need to be equipped with this incredible trust in our God. Let us not put any security on anything. Even when we have got needs, needs will come. We live in a world of needs, my brothers and sisters. Let nobody lie to you. We live in a world of needs, a world of tribulations. I tell people we live in a world where you need money. Otherwise, you would come here naked. If you didn't have money, you have got nothing to buy your clothes with. You need some money. It's, it's real. It's real. But we should not have our trust in anything. Money that you have is nothing. I look at, I look at people with so much. So much. And I tell them, you have got so much. But what belongs to you is one thing. A six by eight foot. 
That's what belongs to him. What else do you have? You have got cars, big cars, big land. After you go down, we take you from Montezuma. We take you to your place. What you want is six by four, nothing much. So let us have our trust only in our God. Let us not have trust in our things or things that we have. Number five. I said I'll be very brief. God reveals himself through our actions. How did God reveal himself to the kings who were so, and I'll deal with two sins that sometimes we, with us, as I look at that last point. How did God do, deal with those two kings? Because of their pride, because of their arrogance. God humbled them. Let us turn to our Bibles. Who has got a Bible? We see chapter 4, verse 26 to that 7. Chapter 4, verse 26 to 37. But I'll not read all of it. What does it say? Verse 26. All this came upon the king Nebuchadnezzar. At the end of 12 months, he was walking on the roof of the royal palace of Babylon. In chapter 4, sorry, verse, verse, verse 3, we see this guy, Nebuchadnezzar, he praised, he's praising God. Even before the chapter ends, what do we see? Arrogance and pride. And the king answered and said, Is not this great Babylon which I have built by my might power as a royal resident and for the glory of my majesty? While the words were still in his king's mouth, there fell a voice from heaven. O king Nebuchadnezzar, to you it is spoken. The kingdom has departed from you. The guy is Boasting about his kingdom. He's saying, all this belongs to me. I'm King Nebuchadnezzar. I own all this. Babylon. But then he's told, humbled by God. While the words were still in his king's mouth, as they are still there. I almost said in Swahili, as they are talking, they have not come out. And you shall be driven from among men. And your dwelling shall be with the beasts of the field. And you shall be made to eat grass like an ox. Did it happen? It happened. Pride. Pride. My people, my brethren, let us flee from that sin of pride. God will humble us in his own way. God will break us. But he's also, God is also so merciful. What do we see in Darius? Darius has thrown uh, this uh, Daniel to the, to the den of lions. In the end of chapter 6, what do we say? Then the king Darius read, wrote on all the peoples, nations, and languages that dwell in all the earth. Peace be multiplied to you. I make a decree that in all royal dominion, people are to tremble and fear God of Daniel. He has been humbled by God. So we see them worshiping God. One part, they are so proud of themselves. They feel I'm king. At the next moment, we see one, an ox. We see the other being humbled by God. 
Let us free from this sin. But then the Lord does this. So he breaks us so that he can remind us how gracious he is. Otherwise, he will destroy us. The Lord is so gracious as we are taught in the morning. We are supposed to be vessels of wrath. But the Lord has made us vessels of what? That's why we are sitting here. We are vessels of mercy. Because God does not deal with us as we deserve. Otherwise, all will start. So, we see there arrogance and pride. God hates arrogance and pride. And then, in verse 24, we see God dealing with his enemies. Those guys who came against Daniel, we have read. God himself is dealing with his enemies. God deals with our enemies. The war is not ours. The war is the Lord's. We don't need to fight our enemies. We don't need to fight any war. Let us give our wars to God. He will fight for us like he fought for Daniel. These guys, us. these guys who are manufacturing things that were not true for Daniel, we see them being thrown with their children. The dead of lions. And what happens to them? Before they arrive, there they are broken. That's how God deals with our enemies. If it's for us, we can't fight for ourselves. Let us give our fights and wars. Our portion, our portion. In Psalm 68, which we are going through this month. Psalm 68. What is the portion of the righteous? Verse 3. It starts with, God shall arise, his enemy shall be scattered. Verse 2, a smoke is driven away, so you shall drive them away. But then verse 3, but the shreshers shall be glad. They shall exult before God. They shall be jubilant with you. The righteous, we are, we are promised, that will be joyful, will be jubilant. We will exalt the Lord, the righteous, the righteous. Those who have got that lion-hearted graciousness, my brothers. Even in our weaknesses, let us pray that the Lord will give us that lion-hearted graciousness. In conclusion, we need to realize the size of our God in relationship to our faith. How great is your faith? Your faith shows how great your God is. That's why the first point is don't be shaky. Our faith, our faith should be as so strong that anybody you meet will say, I, this is a child of God. I said, I've got my own weaknesses. I went to work in Afghanistan in 20, 2004. And I went and worked very hard. Not because I had anything, but I was, I'm just a hard worker when it comes to working. 
And we had one guy called Marco who did not believe in anything. He was an Ethan. He did not believe in any God. In, he had no belief of, in anything. I wonder if people, if people don't believe in anything, how do they live? Terrible life. And I worked very hard. And he came and called me in his office and asked me, Joseph, you, he was Madarao. You call Madarao in English? Huh? You don't know. All these brains, Madarao in English? Mokari. Yes, a mokari for, 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 for Christ. Ask me, are you, are you part of those people who believe in this man called Christ? Not because of anything. I asked him why. He told me, I, if I am an Ethan, I didn't know he was. I don't believe in anything. But whenever I meet a person who has met this type of Christ, it's different. Me, I was just working. I didn't even think about Christ. I was just climbing their stairs and climbing boxes. I didn't even think about Christ. But he saw a different person. He saw a different person working differently. Not because I'm perfect, I've got my own imperfections. Are we those people whom, whom you meet on the street? I always tell my wife, if you meet with somebody and you walk away, does this person, that person see like, this person is different from the people I've met? So he just takes you like just like any other person. So we need to realize our, the size of our faith reflects who our God is, how big our faith is. How do we relate with our God? How do you relate with our God? How do I relate with our God? Why have that closeness with my God? Do I go to him and talk to him on one on one? Do I pray like, God, you see these children, they are here. They need school fees, God. Do you talk to him on one on one? Do you shake him in the morning, shake his hand in the morning, and tell him, Lord, thank you for waking me up. I give the day to you. Let us, our faith, let our faith be as great as our God is. And number two, point number two, we have got a Christ who carries all our burdens. We don't need to carry. Sometimes as Christians, we pause like we can carry. You can't. God, the Lord tells us, give me all your burdens. I'll carry for you them on my behalf. We pray for our children at the same time we carry our children. We pray for needs at the same time we carry our needs. Why don't we give the Lord our needs and go and sleep like babies? Because you know whom you have given your needs. Daniel went to the Lord. He knew he was going to be thrown in the den of lions. And he walked in the den of lions. Why? Because he and yet, the right relationship with God, graciousness, that is so strong, nothing can move it. Let us give our burdens to the Lord. He listens. He does not slumber. He doesn't sleep. Oh, what a God we have. Then, number three, <clears throat> let us not allow fear to corrupt our faith. Fear corrupts our faith. Yes. You look at issues in life, 
those who are getting going to get married, we thank God for those ones who have married already. They look at their wedding list, the checklist. It's as long as HGR to Mombasa. They don't know where to start. But why can't you give it to the Lord? Peter, I'm talking to you. Peter. Give them to God. Tell him about that cake that you want to have. If you fiancé, let us give our knees to the Lord. Let us not allow fear. You look at a need, you see it as a mountain. No, with God, it is just a flat ground. Because he's able. He's able. As we said, he listens to us. His ears are open. His ears and his eyes are open. We are, the Bible tells us as Christians, we are in his palm. He wakes up in the morning and he says, Charity, Morungi, with your children, in his palm. He looks at Morungi, he says, last night you slept at three o'clock, I can see you. You are still tired, wake up. He sees you. The Lord sees us, he knows us. He knows our weaknesses. He knows us. So let not fear corrupt our faith. How strong and far is your faith? If you remember nothing else, as you walk out, remember this question. How strong and firm is my faith in my God? And then that faith is what makes us possess that lion-hearted graciousness. Faith is the only one that makes us have that lion-hearted graciousness. So as you come to the Lord this evening, we have said we need to realize how God is. Our faith should be as strong. This God is power above all powers. There is no other power apart. This Nothing can compare with the power of God. So if we give more needs, if you have got that faith, if we don't have fear, if as Christians we leave our burdens to Christ to carry for us, we will walk as strong as Christ walked on this world. For my brethren, let not fear corrupt. Let not needs of this world. Let nothing. Yes, we live in a real world. I'm not saying they will not come. I'll not say you will not sleep. You will fail to sleep because of needs and issues in your life. They will come. But then, you've got a tower. You have got place you can take. I lift up my place. To who? Psalms. Is it 133? I lift up my eyes, or 123. Where does my help come from? What does it say? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. Oh, yes. That is where all our needs, all our trials, all our fears, all our issues should go to. And we go and sleep and we tell him, Lord, 
I've given you my needs, take over. You only need to make one step of praying and telling him, Lord, this is my situation. He takes over the rest of the steps.